What's up, everybody? Welcome to Burn After Noticing. It's the Burn Notice podcast. It's hosted by two people who have never seen Burn Notice. Like until now, I guess. Well, now we've seen it. We've seen some of it, and we're going to talk to you about it. Uh, I'm here. I'm Paul. And I'm Josh. And yes, we've seen at least five episodes. We have seen at least, well, I've seen at most five, because this was the fifth episode that I've seen. Right. I have not skipped uh... ahead. I'm being a good boy. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I have. Uh, I haven't like pocketed any episodes. I really like fresh in my mind. I mean, I just recently watched the damn thing. So yeah, I think it's been fun to to keep it fresh and like I haven't done like weekly watch through on a lot of TV. At least not any good TV in quite a while. You know, because I don't think the last season of Game of Thrones counts, and Watchmen certainly doesn't count. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but here to talk about it. Speaking of Game of Thrones, is one of my favorite people to talk about a Song of Ice and Fire with. It's one of Twitch's great boys. You know him. You love him. It's Chris. It's AKA Chris P. Chris, what's up? Not much. I'm ready to notice uh, burning uh, off in the distance. The the burn is noticeable. You have noticed the burn. You are now a Bernie bro. Yeah, you're ready Welcome. to be the Bernie bro. Oh, that's Welcome fantastic. to the fold. Yeah, I'm a Bernie bro. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah, like um, so, Chris P. Um, thank you for joining us first and foremost. But uh, yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, you're a little bit of an expert for at least setting purposes because you are currently in Florida, and you said you grew up around uh, Miami. Yes, I was. Uh, well, we'll say born and raised in the county of Dade, as it were, uh, Miami Dade County. So I'm somewhat of an expert, if you can call someone who is uh, very white and lived in the suburbs of Miami, an expert on Miami. I think for the purposes of this show, you nailed the Miami that we see through Michael Weston's eyes. So I think think for the purposes here, that's about right. Fantastic. I don't think Michael Weston knows a different Miami than that. That's a, you know what? That's a really good point. And there, there are some settings in the show that I'm a little confused on, but you know what? Oh Uh, boy. Oh yeah, wow! You think okay. like maybe this was shot in like a soundstage somewhere, and not actually Miami? Hmm. Huh. I mean, like uh, it's uh, you know, I that may be something that crossed my mind at a point. Like the two. only time they were actually in Miami is the drone shots. Hmm. hmm interesting. Yeah, all the establishing shots. The B roll. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's really weird because you'd expect a show like this to be shot on location, but uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Well, no, the, all the money has to go to uh, making bigger pants around the crotch area for Sam Axe and uh, getting uh, Bloody Marys in cans. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> you know, I I mean, I will say that I won't get too far ahead of myself, but. You know, there were a lot of times as a kid where I grew up on abandoned railway stations, question mark. I don't, uh, you know. (laughs) Throwing bottles at warehouses. Very similar Miami location, uh, a factory that looks like it's in Cleveland. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Those normal things that all of us Miamians uh, grew up with. Although that that scene, uh, the warehouse thing, is one of my favorite parts of the episode, which we'll talk about. Um, But I guess to open up, uh, the first thing I want to ask you, Chris, is uh, prior to us uh, contacting you and say, hey, you want to watch Burn Notice for our stupid podcast, had you seen Burn Notice before? No, I saw lots of ads for it uh, on various commercial breaks of wrestling shows that I watched. On the <laughs> I've USA talked about Network. that. That's like the same experience I had with it prior to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I well, I mean, the problem is just that this show was interchangeable with like three other shows that were airing around the same time on the same network. So like I could never really remember which one this was. Yeah, you like know, am I watching suits. am I watching this? Am I watching Psych? 
Am I Psyche, watching Monk? Monk? Am I watching yeah. Suits? Am I watching Royal Pains? What? Yeah, was Royal Pains the one where he's like a, a house doctor and like uh, just got called to like rich people's houses to? Yeah, be it's a the guy that played Reuben in Road Trip. Really, is like a doctor for rich people? Yeah, that's the, the uh, premise. Yeah, it's weird. He's he was also funny enough. He plays a lot of doctors. He was also the doctor in the beginning of the first season of Expanse, uh, the Expanse. Which was just his role, but in space. So, oh, nice. Space uh, Doctor. Space yeah, Doctor. Space Doctor. Space yeah. Doctor is actually the name of a TV show that's going to be out on Netflix or one of the other streaming services oh, in the next 12 so. months. Hell yeah. Space Doctor starring like Lou Diamond Phillips. And there's going to be a scene where blood is pouring out of someone, but it's zero G, so it's just pulling and a, like amorphous. And Oh, we love that. Wait. Like the... Uh, like Stephen Dorff in the uh, take the remove scene at the end of Blade. Oh god! You ever oh, see man. that? Exactly. You ever see the deleted Blade? Uh, eh, deleted Blade one scene, where like instead of him like being red eyes Stephen Dorff, he's just like a big CGI blood monster, like a swirling yeah. blood tornado. It's so I good. I have not seen oh, that. I, oh, it's I, so fucking good. My mom and I watched Blade and Blade two. I don't know how many times when I was a kid. It's a good oh, mother and so son uh, bonding experience. Yeah, I mean, well, my mom is a former ghost hunter, so, you know, she's into all that Wait, shit. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, you're going to have to elaborate on this, Chris. Oh, uh, <laughs> my mom is uh, used to be a ghost hunter, and now she works in the church. Pretty much the same job. Hey. <laughs> Just different methods. Hey. Got, uh, <laughs> sorry, she doesn't like that joke. Um, oh really? <laughs> I couldn't be. Uh, <laughs> Why is that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, she used to be a ghost hunter, and but she's seen like that every rules. horror movie and like you know vampire, werewolf, just every wow. sort of thing you could possibly imagine. She's so. What are her thoughts on lycanthropy? Uh, I you know what specifically lycanthropy? I don't know. I do know that she loves uh, really cheesy gore flicks. You know, like uh, who doesn't love just uh, some film student finding the funniest way to have someone's head uh, removed from Absolutely. their body. Yeah. Well, maybe she dig Burn Notice, starring you know one of the horror gods, Bruce Campbell. Yeah, I, I mean, they, certainly she would love uh, you know Bruce Campbell being in this. I've not personally seen the Evil Dead movies. Uh, what? But Neither, Paul, you haven't either, right? I have not really. God, no, no, just in like clip and meme format. Yeah, exactly. I know in general he's got a shotgun for a hand or something. It's and, a chainsaw. Uh, Jesus Christ, oh, Chris. Sorry. <laughs> uh, he's got some sort of hand. We're going to make Josh so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies. So I, I'm not like a horror person, so you know, I just gonna I do like, a bunch of bad horror takes just to drive Josh insane throughout this yeah, podcast. Jesus. Is that yeah. the one with Freddy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's uh, you know. Uh, oh my God, I love Michael Myers and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, that's my. Those are my favorite movies. Where he's. Thanks, uh, Killing is the scariest film I've ever <gasps> seen in my life. Now I oh, love no. that fucking movie. <laughs> oh man, Thanks, Killing does. Roll. Hey, tis the season next week. Holy crap! Oh, the, the thing is, just like I'm too stupid to enjoy movies like that. Like. I have to pretend I'm smart, so I only watch movies that are fake smart, like Inception or like, you know, Shutter Island. Basically, anything where there's a twist and Leo DiCaprio's in it, like that's basically my shit. You know, too high IQ cinema. for me, man. Can't do it. Like Watching if the- there's, <laughs> if there's like a hidden subplot that you missed and you can only find out about it on second viewing, 
That's like specifically my shit. Ooh, like, like uh, now you see me. Those movies. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's why I love Game of Thrones so much. It's like you know, Game of Thrones is a, a TV show slash book series that rewards people who pay attention, and so I love that kind of shit in a movie. Absolutely. That's um, yeah something Chris and I have definitely talked about ad nauseum before is the uh, gardening style of George R. R. Martin's uh, writing style. And it's rewarding uh, to fans. Well, we're going to get into that probably in future content later. So stay tuned, oh, yeah. folks. That's a tease. Ooh. Hey, that's a tease. A nice tease. I don't even know about that. We, you know, we, there, there's all kinds of irons in the fire. See that? There's another uh, Game of Thrones type. No, oh, man. Hopefully you don't Talking get about burned. Oh, oh, shit. We're going to tie it back in here. Stay on top of it. We need burn puns, not this bullshit Game of Thrones. Well, Dragonfire definitely does burn. So... Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, sorry, I was, I I missed what you said just because I was trying to incorporate like steel beams in there somewhere. I couldn't. Really <laughs> Dragonfire can't living. melt steel beams. Very on theme for your uh, Twitch channel. Yeah. Oh well, we, we well, won't talk about that. Let's some, not get <laughs> some people not happy with what I did, which understandable. People uh, killing themselves at nine thirty in the morning. It's quite early. Uh, yeah. It's a little early for that, folks. I should don't have at least wait until that. lunchtime. Yeah, at least don't wait even the kill afternoon. yourself until I've had my coffee. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm going to join you, Chris. I'm going to get fucking oh. flack for this, too. Wow, nine minutes to derail this episode. Brilliant. Great Woo! job, boys. We did it. We did it. All right. Well, we're going to try and get back on track here. Um, we're going to... Uh, okay. Recaps. Let's talk recaps. We got an episode of Burn Notice to talk about. Let's. Yes, get we do. It. Let's talk recaps. So, family uh, business is the title of this one. Yep, we love family business, and we definitely get into some family business. And and of course, the episode has multiple meanings. Yeah, I'm folks. more of a monkey business kind of guy myself. Hey now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Chris. Let me ask you a question. Uh, did this 30-second recap do enough to give you the gist of what this show is all about? Absolutely not. Uh, no? Okay. I, I, I uh, just did not understand what the premise was. Something about... Uh, so what I gathered from the first 30 seconds is that um, he was a spy of unknown origin, unknown organization, who was burned, hence the name. And uh, his punishment for getting burned was to be put in Miami uh, with, like, a hot chick and uh, the guy from Evil Dead. <laughs> and that doesn't seem like much of a punishment for fucking up your spy job, but, you know, whatever. Um, and then, for whatever reason, I guess uh, he does odd jobs now to make money. And I suppose we'll get into that because I would be very curious to find out how much money he's made in the first four episodes. Oh, we talk about pay. this a lot. We yeah. have answers for you. Because uh, he he's made some questionable purchases for this fifth episode, which would, in, to me, which would imply that at some point in the first four episodes, he uh, robbed a bank uh, for millions of dollars <laughs> or, like, found gold bars of some sort. So, yeah, so really here's understand. so let me start with what you're correct about is that you actually do get the entire premise of this show. You started by yeah, saying you, you nailed didn't it. Get it. No, you you fucking nailed it. You got every single bit of it correct. So perfect. Um, what I can tell you. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm, then I take I'm back what I said. Today. This is too. I was just gonna say, like, um, you you had brought up like how he like got money. We bring this up all the time because we make fun of it. He 
has no money and he like seemingly is able to pull it out of nowhere because usually when he finishes these jobs he either takes like lower amounts of money than he like normally would because he feels bad or he just doesn't get paid and he like like he stole money from his mom's purse i think once and now we just say that's how he's getting his money yeah, there is uh, there is no money in this business for him. He's done the job for like at one point they were going to give him like twenty five hundred bucks and he returned it. At one point, he got like three hundred dollars from some boomer who got scammed, who was like his mom's neighbor uh, last week, I think was a freebie. Right. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he got week. paid for last week. Yep, I think last week is just because he is a protector of fathers of daughters um, and husbands of wives. And he was just doing that out of the kindness of his heart. And this one was for, uh, well, Nate Weston who is back fucking already. Nate Weston already quick. back we, last week. We were wondering how, how long it was going to take for Nate Weston to return. Um, and it was right fucking away. One this week. dude just literally can't keep himself out of some bullshit. So yeah, Chris, um, Nate Weston, uh, Michael's brother is just a big old dipshit fail son. If you hadn't noticed already, he's I a gambling mean, addict could, too. Oh, okay. Gambling. I just kind of assumed he was a main character, but, uh, I guess not. He entered the fold last week and we weren't yep. sure, but it looks like he's literally going to be such a dumbass that we're just going to deal with him every week. And it sounds like he's just straight up starting the, uh, the Weston detective agency without Michael's permission. It's turning it into a, uh, like a, what is it? Supernatural type thing. It's just two brothers. Hanging yeah. Out solving crimes. That's re- I, I mean, like again, not to get too far ahead of myself, but I, I really don't understand what exactly, uh, he is or is not allowed to do as a burned agent or spy because uh, there were some questionable practices here that make me think, uh, you know, I, I'm not entirely sure that uh, he's really an intelligent person, nor him nor his brother. <laughs> really? <laughs> Strange. I don't. No one's ever uh, insinuated that before. You're the first time that anyone's ever noticed that. <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, yeah. well, good. I, you know, I am noticing the burn as it were. <laughs> <laughs> the title is accurate. So yeah. Nate not staying out of trouble. We open the episode with him saying, or, well, Michael's showing off his like little uh, table full of spy gear. And he does his little narration of some being a spy and being family is like ah, some other bullshit. He, every week we get our Dumb spy platitudes. platitudes. Yep. <laughs> So it was like, don't tell your family what you do, that you're a spy, because maybe they'll ask you for help. And then that's what you get. Yep, cue him doing just that. Hey, bro, need your help. I'm at this airport getting my ass kicked by Jordan Peterson. Dude, you know what? He didn't say bro as much as he did, I don't think. There was less broing because they were a little colder to each other in this episode. They were yeah. a little mad. Um, you know, there, there was some tension. There was some tension over, over the car. So we'll get into that, too. Um, yeah, there's like so, five subplots in this episode. So Nate gets an ass kicking, but at least he gets another lower third. So, you know, it's worth it. We get another I, I Nate Weston, the brother, uh, comes in, gets his lower third. He's wearing a very cool shirt, um, and he's getting the shit kicked out of him by IDF Jordan Peterson. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> we're going we to have to post on um, our Twitter account the side-by-side of this yeah. guy. Well, when you Peterson. dress like the Dragon of Chaos, expect Jordan Peterson to slay you. I mean, oh, Nate Weston came into that warehouse trying to do postmodernism, and he got what was coming to him. Yeah, I um. So a couple things about this scene: one, this takes place at supposedly the Opalaka Airport. Um, Opalaka is a place you don't really want to be in uh, nowadays, and uh, it's also like the airport there is just kind of like a offshoot airport for private planes and uh, like if someone has to be diverted from Miami International. 
Um, but the main thing is that uh, immediately what stood out to me is what they were wearing, which I could only describe as um, things that were left over from the Dexter, uh, you know, episodes that had been filmed two to three years prior. I'm <laughs> no, so glad yeah. you brought up Dexter, Chris. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what I got because no person that age in Miami actually dresses like that, but like <laughs> that's what everyone in Ohio thinks that Miami dresses like. So they just had to like bust out the old Dexter throwaways and you know dress uh, you know the brother up in that, and for some reason the IDF guy in that. I don't know. Well, um, the something that happened in 2007 when this show was originally airing. Remember, this is 2007, so the season one is uh, airing concurrently with season one of Dexter. And at the time, and it sounds like even the fandom around currently, always wanted a Dexter Burn Notice crossover of some sort. That's something that was a very, very kind of popular thing. That sounds real bad. <laughs> yeah, very <laughs> dumb. Like I think I said this last week, but there's the reason that the the Westons never get in trouble is because all of the cops in Miami are too busy with the ice truck killer case, so they oh. can't really <laughs> chase them down for all their international trade craft anyway. That's a nice George R. R. Martin esque fan theory. I like that. That's right. We know our fan theories, folks. We're crossing over. We love our burn notice memes too. We do. We absolutely do. Um, where was our yogurt in this one? It I wasn't was, there. Uh, I was just gonna say, was no yogurt. Did you notice uh, a yogurt, there, Chris? I. I will say I cannot confirm nor deny that uh, yogurt was used in the base of a plastic explosive in this episode. Uh, there it is. There it is. Okay. Beautiful. Thank you, that's Chris. A, yeah, wow. See, another, that's another thing is there's a, some sort of yogurt appearance in every episode, we've been told. And so far, we've seen it. They've made good on that. Yeah, I would have yogurt. to imagine that if it was in the episode, it was there. Absolutely. Well, and there's also all the yogurt in my pants when my, uh, Sam X is talking about kissing Michael. Uh, this show. Okay, speaking of that, <laughs> uh, you know what? Never mind. Well, I will deal with it later. But I'm gonna tease some very homoerotic uh, action in this episode. Oh, okay. That, uh, all right. I mean, there was see. definitely some heteroerotic stuff. We were getting horny in this one, folks, which is Plenty a signature of, of Burn Notice. So I'm glad we got that. Um, so both Weston brothers, as Chris mentioned, are in need of better shirts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. Here's another thing I wrote down. Um, <laughs> Nate got 100% of the charm in this family, which isn't saying much. I, I fucked up. I should have said that's for shirts, sure, not that's for sure. Oh. I want to go pre. I want to re- retroactively go back and put that pun in there. Don't worry, it's burn notice. You'll have plenty of opportunities for puns. <laughs> there is never a shortage. Plenty of burn puns, but yeah, like so, he's got to go deal with a like he a dude who works like almost like TSA, I guess, at the airport is in trouble, and he's like involved with these Israeli arms dealers. Yes, I, uh, and yeah. Um. So he's. They, first, we get to Nate and Michael arguing over custody of the car. Uh, Michael's mom says, um, Michael, we wanted you to have it. Nate says, no, it's mine. And they say, well, it's got to be in the will, so let's go find the will. They're right. arguing about it, and uh, they're working on the car. And Fiona, who is dressed like a calendar model like for a car calendar. Oh, my God. The sexiest mechanic outfit in the world. Like a, a mechanic outfit with no shoulder coverage. Very on brand. And side boob. Gotta so, have, yeah. I mean, that's that you know, you, you have to protect your body, but not the side of your boob when you're working on cars. This is known, yeah, 100%. And I'm also not clear on 
what the, her relationship is. Um, she seems to know that he's a spy uh, or was a spy. But oh, she also, is too. Josh, she, well, give, she's give former Chris a little backstory. IRA. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so there was... Wait, she's former what? IRA, did you say? Yes. Oh. Yeah, she was a literal terrorist, um, and she came into the show as Whoa, extremely now. Irish. Like, the, the pilot, she had a really, really Irish accent, and then just dropped it from the second episode forward. Oh, okay, so that's more... Okay, that makes kind of sense, but I still don't understand. And this is sort of where I'm getting into my confusion uh, as to what exactly he is or is not allowed to do, because uh, if you're, like, a spy and, uh, like, you know, know things, I would assume that the government would have some sort of tabs on you and so that's what sam axe is doing so that's sam (laughs) bruce campbell is uh surveilling uh, michael for the fbi Uh, right and michael knows and like they're kind of you know back and forth on it but so 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 quick just uh uh, here's as much as we as we know about loving this it's like us explaining the show this is is funny he is not nor was he ever cia but he was like some sort of contractor. They burned him, so that means he's not allowed to like work or talk to any government people anymore. And yeah, he Fiona, can't get any. He can't use their assets, so no money, like no bank account from the government. Yeah, that's what he says, like very, very fast in that little recap, the little Firefly style recap at the beginning. I don't. Yeah. I will say, I don't know why he can't leave Miami. I don't understand the restriction on that. I think it's just because he's too broke to go anywhere, and he has to go into his mom's purse to fund his little operations. <laughs> I guess. I think that's probably has something to do with it, is that if he's more than 500 miles from his mom's purse, he'll starve to death. <laughs> he starts having withdrawals. <laughs> I mean, he can clearly just apparently people walk up to him like NPCs in an RPG and give him quests. So that's like, <laughs> just, We've said that yes. before. Every, it's yeah. so funny. Yeah, every week someone comes up with an exclamation point over their head and is like, Michael. Yeah, so I don't understand why he doesn't just take the money he used to rent an Aston Martin and, like, go to fucking Fort Lauderdale or something or West Palm Beach. Like, just start working your way up the coast. Because, like he says at the beginning, until you find out who burned you, you're not going anywhere. You're not going. And, again, like, the unclear as to why. I could not think of something that would put me in more danger than staying in the exact same place for seven years (laughs) worth of episodes. Well, we're we're gonna find out as this podcast goes yeah, along. What a journey it's, it'll be! I, I got a feeling things are gonna get more dangerous for our hero Michael. <laughs> and I mean, it seems like it has to be because every episode so far has been some sort of international like trafficker or smuggler. Like everyone is always involved with some sort of international business of like illicit trade. Yeah, it's like That's the baddie like of the week is now just like the different like ethnicity or nationality of the week. I guess yeah, we're just like going Russians, Colombians, Israelis. Yep. Oh, wow. We already made it through all those in the first four episodes. Yeah, we're going to run out pretty the, soon. The pilot of the show opens him opening, it opens with him murdering two guys in a bathroom in Africa. And that's how the show starts. <laughs> that's where we begin. Wow. Not yeah. a problem, I guess. Pretty good. He's so, a contractor, so he can do that. So, yeah, Nate fills in michael there's i have to just point out there's a when they're arguing they do this like circular pan shot around the car that made me so upset like i got motion sickness from it it was so bad oh, I know. oh my god you guys, remember, the, you guys I'm sorry. know what scene i'm have, talking about yeah i have some real hard opinions on the way that this 
show is shot. The camera work <laughs> in this episode was especially fucked, even oh, more so, so than other episodes. Like it was, yeah, there was like a big Saving Private Ryan shaky cam thing going on at one point. It was fucked. Oh my god, it was like DJ Screw just chopped and screwed the footage, and they said, "Yeah, that's good." I like, mean, it was bad. Could you imagine like doing that or like some putting some like chopped and screwed three six as the background music instead of like the quirky like would, goofy like music they put in there? It at least would make sense, but instead I have like knock off Gloria Stefan like banging one out in <laughs> can the can we chop and screw the burn notice the music oh my get god it, Michael. I want I want burn notice background music chopped and screwed oh that would be great hell yeah we'll play it in whatever fake ass club they just shot half of this episode in yeah the same dim neon lights from Dexter there's your other crossover you does have, like, not dim exist. red neon that, that club does not exist in Miami and hasn't existed in like 40 years. Yeah, for someone that like <laughs> doesn't visit Miami often, I would like like venture to believe just because I watch Dexter and I watch this show now that every place in Miami at night is lit by like dim red neon. Yeah, Exclusively. All the clubs I've been to in Miami are just obnoxiously loud EDM. Uh, nowhere is anyone wearing like a fedora unless it's like ironic. Like no one dresses like that. They dress like they dress like Bad Boys Two, like Bad Boys <laughs> yes, and Bad Boys Two. Very good. Yes. Like that. That was popular in like the '90s, but now you won't find anyone that actually dresses like that in Miami. I mean, these are. It's like a show that are, is written by people who don't know Miami and also don't really know what spies and shit are. Like half the stuff they say, I'm like what the fuck ever how do these writers know what the fuck to make a bomb and like the best way to plant a bug oh yeah it's like they they like wikipedia a couple of things and like that's like their knowledge of tradecraft like yep we got it we're experts we nailed it yeah we can make a I would like to see like an accurate Miami club scene where he's like trying to make contact with like his guy, but like it's so loud you can't hear anything, and he has to like wait a half hour to get up to the bar. And then he tries to order the wine, but then the bartender tells him he has to get bottle service instead. So then he's trying to like flag down some like waitress <laughs> with sparklers coming out of her ass, and like oh yeah, no one was getting bottle service. You need Diplo with a residency in the back of the club, like just. <laughs> 40 18 year olds all huddled together because they all got their big sisters like he finally gets ID. to like the uh he finally gets to the guy ari but he's like a super big israeli dipshit and he's like fucking whacked out on molly and just like partying too hard to like listen to him oh yeah one hundred sure if michael exists no hold on hold on this this is my job this is my job hold on <laughs> it's supposed to be warm it's wine Oh my god, this oh fabric, god. it is so nice. Have you ever touched yourself, bro? Look at your ears, they're like puppy ears. <laughs> that, that scene was so dumb, too. With the wine, it's like just being so obnoxiously rude, both of them. Like, ugh, I can't believe you pay $300 for a bottle of wine and it's warm. It's like, yeah. that's right. Oh my god, wine. IDF babe Debbie rocks. <laughs> The IDF babe girlfriend is definitely something. I got for oh, some Debbie? reason I feel like we're gonna see her again because of the end, which I guess we'll get to. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Debbie cracked me up. She's just such an asshole. Debbie's I mean, I she just wants to fuck. Yeah, Debbie definitely wants to call, fuck. I'm not what you might call a connoisseur, but I thought red wine was supposed to be warm. To I an mean, extent, I feel like yeah. I'm like Italian American enough to know that you can like drop some Sprite and ice cubes in like your Fortissimo, and like that's fine. So, I mean, okay. I didn't mind it, but in like, in like a $300 bottle of wine, probably not. Yeah, 
but again, these this one thing I will say is like the this show this episode did like accurately like portray the IDF style dipshits. Like Ari and Debbie are dumb as shit. Okay, yeah, that is very accurate. <laughs> and it's yeah. very funny. Like they're real dumb. Yeah, the older brother didn't get much play, but boy did uh, Ari and Debbie get a lot in this episode. And it's so funny. They're just like these dumbasses that are pissing off Jordan Peterson dad. It's great. That that was kind of fun for me. Like and the the episode being called Family Business and showing how like dumb people's families are, I thought was kind of fun. Like you expect everyone to like be like super great and organized, but really just like you have Nate Weston on one side being a dumbass and then you have Ari on the other side being a dumbass. Yeah, it, I mean, like, if you were to just watch this episode, as I did, and nothing prior, you would think that, like, they were already some sort of detective team. Like, uh, <laughs> right, yeah, that's you know a good what point. I mean? So I just was like, oh, I guess it's just like a cool brother detective team. And there's this hot chick, Fiona, who is here for some reason. Apparently, the FBI has no problem with this contractor working with a former IRA terrorist. Uh, <laughs> you know, they know about it. I, well, let me just accurately. First of all, let me say IRA freedom fighter. Let's just say IRA oh, yeah, freedom sorry, fighter, sorry. Fighter, fighter for, for truth and freedom. Uh, you know, it, they they she was prior uh, prior to this. She was working on the thing that pretty much everyone in that area wanted, which is a united Catholic state. Um, no Protestants. <laughs> it's pretty much they all agreed upon. We only want to be Catholic. There was no problems. Um, you know, there were so. definitely no troubles with that, Chris. Were there? Oh God! Yeah, it was pretty smooth <laughs> op. Smooth op. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Oh. So, um, let's see. Did we even get to the job yet? We got okay. Let's get to the fucking job. Yeah, I think first I mentioned it briefly. Yeah, like the he's like security at the airport, and he's been like helping these uh, Israeli arms dealers get their uh, guns through customs, and in return, they're like blackmailing him. And I looked up this guy, the character actor, uh, client quest giver of Knock the week. Off and Jesse he Clemens. Did, he, yep. <laughs> <laughs> He does look like a like a older, more disheveled Jesse Plemons, huh? And he also kind of looks like the. Uh, he has a little bit of a resemblance to the drug dealer from like episode one or two. I thought like he kind of like, kind uh, of yeah like our um what was his name? He's like had some like white boy wannabe rapper name too. Yeah, Slim Shady, whatever. Uh, I he kind of looked like a working class Ed Sheeran, like a little bit. <laughs> That's a good one too. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Oh man, we get we get working class Bruce Campbell at one point in this episode, which I really love. We'll talk about well, that. You're fighting in a sec, for unions. It turns out that it. guy, uh, the Jake Miller guy, did one episode of Dexter. So there's your Dexter crossover. Oh jeez, we got to go deeper. This is, we've this had a lot of Dexter. Unraveling. I mean, the, the in the pilot we had uh, we had uh, Angel Batista, and I've I've given my theory on that. Yeah. Well, so. that- Here's the thing is that I would just assume that every innocuous secondary character in this show was at some point a bad guy who murdered three people and like fucked a a child in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Like, because (laughs) if you go, I've seen every episode of Law and Order SVU and any show that involves a cop or military or spy, they all have rotated the same innocuous secondary characters and no matter who it is, you've seen them in another show. They've been in an episode of Law and Order SVU. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, if you like act in New York at all, like you have to do an episode of Law and Order. That's like the thing. I, I love SVU, by the way. I'm not going to get off onto a tangent on that. We'll save that for a different podcast. But holy fuck, could I talk about SVU? Twenty podcasts. Does, does, does yeah. Munch show up in uh, 
this I would show? love to see a Tony Shalhoub appearance. I can only hope so. No, not Monk. Munch. Oh, Munch. Oh, munch, yeah. Uh, Richard Bell. Give, give me some bells. Yeah. For oh, whom yeah. the bells tolls. That's uh, that's like kind of a popular thing. There's like a Richard Belzer universe because he plays the same detective in like Law and Order SVU and The Wire and Homicide Life on the Streets, and so they're all technically part of like the same. Wait, universe. he didn't show up in The Wire, did he? Yes, he did. When did yes, he show he up did. in The Wire? I've seen The he, Wire like five times. He showed up. Oh, what was it? It was uh, one of the seasons. It was either season three or season four. No, it couldn't have been season four. It, it had to do with, uh, like, he wanted to, he was friends with McNulty, and uh, he was in a bar in Baltimore, obviously, where the show takes place, but they're, like, eating crabs together, and, um, like, he's there as Detective Munch or whatever, so, like, it's oh, the same character shit. he's played in all those shows. Holy fuck, that blew my mind. Yeah, I mean, I definitely <laughs> have familiar with the Belzer Extended Universe, but I didn't realize The Wire was part of it, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, awesome. he was also in, uh, he's mentioned by name in Luther, which is the British show. That I missed this mention in Luther in. too. And I've seen Luther. Holy shit. I think shit. it was the first episode. I think it was the first episode where like he, Luther's like chasing down someone or something like that. And the guy gets away or he gets like some sort of piece of evidence and, and he like calls it in and says, Oh, send this to detective Munch in New York or whatever. Oh shit. Yeah. It's wow. he's everywhere, dude. Well, then, yeah, we have to we have to be on a Belzer watch, and you know, all the Law and Order stuff is syndicated by USA Network. So high hopes, Ooh, high high hopes, legal. Chris, and Chris knows all about high high hopes. Ooh, high hopes. I won't say why. <laughs> Crow fly straight for a minute. Thank you. Felix. Yes, please follow AKA Chris P on Twitch to know why he has high high hopes. Mm, maybe you don't get too much attention. I do want to make partner one day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can leave that in the past. Oh man. So the, um, our heroes have to go t- uh, tail our IDF smuggler dudes uh, to the warehouse to try to find uh, where the guns are. So they get in the spy neon. We love the spy neon. Some spies have Aston Martins. Some spies have BMWs. Some spies have Challengers or GTOs. Our spy has a neon. This is the working class spy, and he's got the working class car. That's right. That's right. Um, and so they have to, but they have to walk a little way. So they get out, and Sam's bitching about walking, and uh, <laughs> he oh. says, well, "I can't do all this walking, Michael. I don't have the cardiovascular health I used to." And, I love uh, his outfit too. It's yes. Oh, that's a, it's a good one. <laughs> Sam is a fashion god throughout this entire episode. He is serving looks. So. Um, I just want to say prior to this scene, there's actually a scene where he's like doing a spy narrative on how to actually like uh, surveil people. And uh, he's apparently so good of a spy that he's doing it uh, straight on in front of the uh, IDF Jordan Peterson. Yeah, he's just taking pictures. Yeah, he's just taking pictures from what is likely the only car in front of this guy because he, I mean, they're in the back of who knows where and there can't be that many cars there so yeah they look like the only one well yeah, sometimes and then of to course be a great spy you have to hide in plain sight and like it's it's played off as a joke like oh haha time to get out of here but it's like dude he legitimately just watched you take pictures of himself like it, it he would just close up shop if they ever actually saw it's that. so it's so suspicious michael you yeah. need to try one of these selfie sticks they're great <laughs> yeah, like he might as well have been hanging a selfie stick out of the car. Like, yeah, it's pointless. <laughs> so he, yeah. he's clearly already caught 
They already know that he they're being surveilled by someone. So how the rest of this episode like went off without a hitch, I don't fucking know. Uh, don't worry, but don't get bogged down in the details, Chris. Well, forget about don't that. Get on bogged this next down commercial break. Whatever. We we do. Uh, there was a fun commercial break thing coming up, but not before Sam complains about his walk and uh, Michael tells him just uh, rest a lot and drink plenty of fluids. Sam says, "Well, where do I find fluids, Michael?" Mm, and uh, sexual. Bruce Campbell knows exactly where to find fluids. Sam Axe has had no problem finding fluids throughout his entire I mean, run. Finding fluids has been kind of his thing. So four seven, he's got to be dehydrated. He is out here finding. If he wants to find some fluids, he can just keep acting. And I'm getting thirsty enough for plenty of us. Uh, to be oh, fair, yeah. to be fair, they're in a place that does not exist, aka an abandoned uh, railway station area. Like for whatever reason, there's railroad tracks in the back of this abandoned warehouse area and this is why we need to reinvest in america's crumbling infrastructure especially trains so sam axe can get hydrated while they tail idf gun runners folks more trains we need more trains bernie 2020 oh yeah miami the noted rust belt uh city that's been hit the hardest by automation, yeah, place, by inflation. A place famous for their trains, uh, the city completely on the water with more ports than like like top five <laughs> amount of ports in the in the nation. Yeah, uh, no, famous need, for their trains. Got to have the trains. Got to have the trains. So we get back from commercial break, and uh, right as Michael Weston is about to be found by our Mossad brothers, Sam Axe improvs his way in starts throwing bottles and shit at the uh, at the train yard at the warehouse we found out it's like a welding factory because he's like hey they took my job what's the matter with you and so the israeli dudes come out they're like what the hell are you doing out here and he's like they laid me off go ahead shoot me <laughs> yeah i love he's like what does it look like i'm doing i'm throwing crap at a warehouse yeah, yeah worker you, sam you know there's uh there's a moment in every episode of this uh, series thus far that like we get um, like that truly reminds us how fucking good Bruce Campbell is. And to me, this was the scene I loved, loved this scene. I thought he was great. Yeah. He's been yeah. doing this a lot too, Chris, where he like acts like a drunkard to kind of like throw off uh, other people's like, uh, like to get their attention. Basically he does really, this almost like every episode. I feel really like. had to reach deep in the well for that. Huh? Yeah. He, but he's so <laughs> fucking good at it. That, like acting. it's fine. And like, he's talking shit. He's like, yeah, <laughs> strike three. You're laid off. Oh yeah. By the way, uh, they clearly show the entirety of the fence that he's hiding behind. It's just like a barred fence. Like it, I have no idea how they didn't see him. <laughs> yeah, the, the Mossad brothers door. have horrific peripheral vision. These Apparently. people need their eyes checked. Like they all have. It must be like a family trait. It's probably hereditary. They all have very bad vision. Um, so <laughs> we uh, they make contact. Um, they start planning stuff back at the apartment. They open up the very sad refrigerator. We always get a shot of that horrible fridge. Uh, with no beer yeah, for he moves Sam. over a beer which almost looked like a like a yingling light can or something i could yingling even light tell isn't what bad man I, what's one thing I, you don't get a, a lot of yingling up here in the midwest it's and, all uh, over florida for whatever reason I oh yeah I, that was my beer, go-to but... beer when i lived in the keys oh yeah it's good shit um so yeah he starts he gets mad about yingling which first how dare you if this guy's drinking <laughs> bloody mary out of tomato juice cans 
disgusting. Yeah, now that's <laughs> like the first time he's ever gotten picky, right? Yeah, really. Just absolutely. So he, he, he bitched about the beer. Behavior. They come up with plans, um, and then they start the little. They start their surveillance. They do their you know convoluted surveillance plan where Michael does recon and uh, Sam X plants a bug at Deb or at uh, Fiona's like very obvious suggestion. Why don't you bug his car? Knowing that uh, that Sam <laughs> very bugged subtle. Michael's car already, yeah. It's just, well, Fiona does subtle, right? As we all know, Fiona's very subtle. That's, oh yeah, I her, didn't. Her name. I didn't actually know who Sam was. So all I knew at the prior to like him showing up was that someone named Sam bugged the car, and I'm like, well, why the fuck is he just leaving it there? Like I literally, know, <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's bugged, yeah, and shit happens. It's yeah, like, Michael, I, I had to do it. What are you gonna do? So I still don't understand the relationship between uh, Sam and the FBI. And so Michael, Sam like, used I, to be like a government guy. He's like semi-retired, like living off his pension in Miami. He still wants to help Michael because they're friends from back in the day. Yeah. But the FBI also is leaning on him to gather intel on Michael. And they're telling him, well, if you don't help us out and you know spy on your boy, we're just going to cut your pension and tell you to go fuck yourself. So now him and Michael are kind of like towing the line of like, feeding them enough information to, so Sam doesn't get in trouble while Sam's still trying to protect Michael. Uh, after, as he's Because they're homies. By, yeah, I guess. And this is, of course, as he's tailed by the two worst FBI agents in the history of the Bureau. <laughs> yeah, we get, uh, we get Bobo Jimmy Smits and Bobo Louis C.K. Yeah, because, uh, you know, the man's working with ex-Mossad and ex-IRA, and no one said shit about it, I guess. And nobody, yeah, they don't even know, really. Yep. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Well, they do... Uh, well, I guess we'll get into that later. So they come up with their plan. Um, they're going to try to sell explosives uh, to Ari, the, the biggest of the dipshit brothers, the most dipshitty of them. And uh, so they, they start making... <laughs> In post 9-11 America, in an apartment in fucking downtown Miami, they start building fake bombs out of cake batter and also real bombs with a former IRA operative. Yeah, they don't really understand. They, they don't really explain that part. They're just like, yeah, I mean, you make C4 out of uh, cake icing. And then, of course, Sam is famously like, uh, ooh, once you're done, you mind if I lick the bowl or whatever he says yeah, some and, stupid corny line and, yeah and then they just like pan over to like oh yeah by the way we're making one real c4 and it's like yeah uh, remember okay. the ira chick uh yeah she's building a real bomb so that's cool yeah no uh, he, idea how he affords the stuff for that by the way uh i thought he had no money yeah he just pulls money out of nowhere and i also well, hate fiona's resourceful it's, that, it's, it's her ira experience apparently he was like fondant Apparently, the Irish bog people can uh, make C4 out of everyday household yeah. items. That's what the, we're to believe. The famously poor Irish people. <laughs> yeah, they can make... Well, she can make a bomb out of a potato, don't you know? Uh, how'd that <laughs> turn into Minnesota accent? Alcohol. That was weird. All right. Yeah, it's like Sarah Palin is Irish. Uh, All right. Oh, boy. Bobby's mom is Irish. Yeah. Bobby's world. Oh, throwback. Oh, Hell yeah. We're throwing it real back. <laughs> so Jeez. they make real bombs. Fiona gets really horny making the bombs because, of course, she does. He's like, how's it going over there, Fiona? She's like, it's dangerous, volatile, unpredictable. Any Does chance? Remind you of anybody? I hate, no, fuck it. I hate that you just reminded me of that line. <laughs> it's great writing. What do you mean? That's really good writing. Awful. <laughs> She's like, any, any chance that these ex-Massad are, uh, you know, uh, Protestant? Uh, any ideas? <laughs> Ugh. 
Yeah, Fiona's killing Protestants, and uh, the the Mossad brothers are killing Palestinians with all their uh, illegally run guns. Oof. You know how much Palestinian blood is on all those guns we saw? Oh, so much. So much. And boy, do they show the guns, too. Oh, do they show the guns. So they do the thing where Michael makes contact and makes friends. And they do a whole voiceover where Michael's basically like, hey, have you ever made a friend? Well, turns out they're spying on you. Sucks to be you, bro. Yeah, like it makes you question, like, oh, like every, like anytime you have a connection, it might just be a spy. He's known everything about yep. you. Yep. So he he ingratiates himself by uh, being cool and awesome and telling fun stories, and then they uh, they drive off to like make the secret deal, <laughs> and they start playing the fucking quirky burn notice music during like a fucking darkly lit like back alley car yard deal. Well, before that, though, when they are, when he is getting buddy-buddy with Ari, we we get a little bit of a hint, and this is where, for the oh, most part, yeah. this episode was boring as hell until, like, he Ari's got a girlfriend named Debbie that is just, like, a pain in the ass to him, I guess. Like, that whole trope, like, oh, she's always nagging well, me. Well, she was having a lot more fun blowing shit up in the IDF back at home. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, so Michael Weston, when he's in, you know, getting all buddy-buddy with Ari, like, oh, I love wine, let's, let's dance. Uh, she starts getting really fucking horny for Michael Weston. Yeah, she just starts, starts grabbing up on his piece, right? <laughs> or later on, she does that. Oh, yeah, that right was now, later this on. is sort of like a foreplay. Like, you can tell she's like, I think she like maybe rubs his leg, but she's yeah, like very like clearly like horny yeah. for him. She rubs yeah. his leg, and then they get into this weird scene, and this is where the like 100% cucking, vaguely homoerotic stuff happens. Like, uh Ari just kind of invites him over right after like the cheap little wine quip and all that stuff and so it turns into like okay Ari dances with Debbie and he's like watching and then like Debbie's like asks Michael to dance I guess and he's like yeah sure and then like Ari doesn't have anything to say about it so they're just dancing together and then like you know, Michael sits in between the two and they're like exchanging weird glances. I don't know. It kind of seemed like they were going to do a little bit of like, you know, MMF threesome type thing. Like, <laughs> I was like again, Ari is that. a very accurate character portrayal of like Israeli nightclub dipshit. Yeah, I guess so. Like, it's, he, it's really great. He even has like the hot girlfriend who he wants like other rich dudes to fuck and like <laughs> hang out with. Yeah. Uh, you fucking you bang my girlfriend too, huh? <laughs> Yeah. I really, I was picking up on that too, Chris. I was like, this is either him, like, kind of stealing her away because he doesn't pay enough attention to her, or he is like, this is going to be some weird plot where he's just trying to get the guns, and he's like, no, I'm, I want you to fuck my wife. Yeah, <laughs> on any network that wasn't USA, this would have definitely turned into, like, a like threesome MMF, like, just everyone sucking and fucking each other. Hey, characters are welcome in my Ooh. bed, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Holes are welcome, yeah. yeah. There <laughs> so, were some very welcoming holes in this episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> USA is not, just like the actual USA, very sexually repressed. We didn't get it. Yeah, so, very true. So now Michael wants to uh, to do his little fake deal, and he tells us we're going to do the uh, what he calls the blow and burn, otherwise what Sam Axe refers to as so Thursday sexual. night. I love it. Um, <laughs> so he uh, he has the fake uh, C4, but then he has a little bit of real C4. And they just fucking blow up a car in the middle of a night in a junkyard. And nobody and, notices a painting. Yeah, he doesn't if, look at it. Cool if guy there's move. one thing I know about Miami, it's that, boy, things are just blown up so frequently that no one pays a second 
you know, of attention towards it. You're just like, yep, this is fireworks, I guess. Mm. And, of course, Michael doesn't look at the explosion while he does it. He hits the button while it, with his back turned. Beautiful. Of course. So Real cool. good stuff. Never look at the explosion, guys. A Iron very Man Steve one. Remington move. Don't fuck with <laughs> yeah. Steve. Yeah, we didn't even talk about this. His fucking fake name is Steve Remington. And he's the shittiest business card in existence. Uh, leave oh. it to Sam Axe to half-ass the shit out of it. Like, that's the part that does track, is that Sam Axe did that and came up with Steve Remington. Remington and had that horrible business card, like very much a Sam Axe work. Oh, I would love to. I would love the Christian Bale in American Psycho analysis of that. Oh my god, <laughs> we need that scene. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is his name in that one. movie again? I have said this Bateman? before, but um, I need to go get yogurt. Is the I have to return some videotapes of this show. Oh yes. Yeah? Because <laughs> every time that uh, Michael needs yogurt, it's actually an excuse to like go out and do spycraft and kill somebody. Nice. So yeah, they right. definitely they got those. Crossovers. I'm sad that there wasn't any like, uh, you know, main yogurt plotline in this episode. I really would have oh, loved to see. Oh, we are too. It. Trust me. Yeah, Fiona was looking for a main yogurt plotline in this next scene. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, because <laughs> uh, Michael's like, yeah, we just need to get him to show us daddy's guns, and Fiona was looking at daddy's gun herself, uh, and she gets all up close to Michael, and she's like, "You were tempted to bang the IDF chick, weren't you?" Yeah, she was like jealous. And yeah, and he goes, he grabs her by the shoulders and gives her like the little shoulder rub up and down move. And he's like, trust me, if I needed a beautiful girl to mess up my life, I could do a lot better than Debbie. And we're getting closer. Yeah, that was the horniest he's ever been for her. The horniest he's ever, I I mean, mean, so that does kind of prove Fiona's point is that Debbie did kind of come in and like act as like a fluffer, right? She got him a little bit horned up. And now he's finally getting some attraction to Fiona again. Like this dude has been just fucking like goku levels of vol cell up until now yeah i was so one very brief scene that we didn't really touch up on is like when fiona went to the airline or the uh, airplane hangar to like oh yeah scout yeah. things out where like all's well and good she was just like oh i'm horny and someone told me to go to an airport are you a, a man who can satisfy my needs and then like the dad and the older brother come in and you know shut it down but then she's like yeah do you have do you have a bathroom here it's like what fucking world do you live in that like (laughs) a cheap knockoff airport hangar has a bathroom in it like it even the like dumbest of criminals would be like are you seriously asking for a bathroom in an airport hangar right now yeah, I mean that was that was like her way of like trying to get to the back of the airport and like see more and all that. But again, she just assumed that these guys were Israeli nightclub dipshits, and she was right. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, props to her. She really scouted she's that like, out well. You know? I'm hot, and these dumbasses aren't even gonna pay any attention. That pay no mind. Again, she was right. Chaos Fiona going. strikes again. Yeah, experts fine. So, um, Michael. Weston does the thing that he does every week where he goes to the guy and goes, are we doing the deal? And then the guy gets apprehensive and then Michael says, never mind, we're not going to do it. And three seconds later, the people reconsider. This is done. He has done this in every single episode with every oh antagonist God. to date. And it works literally every time. You, mean you weren't on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I thought just, that was just I that literally happens every time. Like every I, time he's like, Hey, oh so God. are we going to do this thing that I told you we were going to do? And then the guy's like, Hey, well I have this other condition. And Michael's like, you know what? Never mind. I don't even need to do this. And then he gets up to walk away. And as soon as he turns his back, the guy's like, Whoa, uh, well, you know, wait, Hey, every fucking time. Oh my God. It so works. Hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. 
We're five uh, episodes in. We've so established a pad. He does. He does establish the deal, and Ari's going to do the deal with uh, with Michael, and he's going to set it up to where he gets everything ready to go, and he can bring it to his dad and look like the hero and be cool. Michael says, "I have to see the operation, though, so he has to take me to the warehouse." Um, then, so but before we get to that warehouse, uh, Sam tells Michael that you know the FBI guys want something more on him. They want me to search your house. He says he's getting stressed out. Uh, he can't really take it anymore. He doesn't like these FBI guys up his ass. I'm concerned that we're going to start having less Bruce Campbell appearances as Sam X begins binge drinking to deal with all of this inherent stress. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the stressed out guy, right? He's going to come back in like beach. three episodes and just be like, oh, is that the dog track, Michael? What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, less of them will, less of his character will just make me lose even more interest. I'm just be so pissed. Which is what I'm concerned with. So we need to alleviate Sam Axe's stress immediately. We need to find a way to solve this problem. So Michael does, to Michael's credit, he does try to help him solve his problem by saying, hey, go search my house. He kind of wink, wink, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, tells him where to search to find something that he can go bring to the FBI dudes. Um, And, uh, we get back to uh, there's a Jake scene here, right? There's 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 some scene thing with our client. Is there a client scene? I wrote down that he is the least interesting client so far. Oh, like, I know. Yeah, it's like you see just, him and his wife. He gets like randomly like the most NPC of too. all the quest givers. Oh yeah, 100%. like at least we've had Angel Batista and Dee Pfeiffer before. You know, this yeah, guy. I mean, it, it was just like a. I never really understood because he was just like, oh, uh, they want me to do this thing. Before I was just fudging numbers, but now they want me to like completely wipe it out. And that would actually get me in trouble. I'm like, you. They wanted him to disappear, flight MH370. Exactly. (laughs) That's what really happened. What really happened to MH370 is it was an Israeli gun plane and uh, they they had Jake disappear it. Yeah, but all wow. he does is show up in a scene, get butted with the with a gun, and then like leave. That's yep. every single scene he's in. That's all that happens with him. It's he pretty just funny, actually. Yeah, he's a real dumbass. That. Yeah, yeah, he is a real loser um, who's gonna end up getting his family murked at some point. R.I.P. R.I.P. Jake's beautiful wife and unborn child. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. they're fucked. That guy's a yeah. total dummy. Oh yeah, they're gonna be on. The, they're gonna be <laughs> yeah, they have no chance. Uh, yeah, they're totally, totally screwed. These people are international gun dealers. They're they're fucking done. <laughs> I know. They're just like they're just like two random like totally normal people in Florida. It's so funny that right. they're like on the fuck now. They're on the like international crime circuit ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the way that this is all resolved is just the dumbest thing possible and so speaking of seeing guns there, uh but... we get a little scene where debbie straight up tells it's literally it's in the script she says to him out loud i want to see your gun michael weston and she, she is talking his about dick. his dick folks grabs yep. his dick that mm-hmm. is a dick innuendo we are we have made it to dicks finally it took us a while to get here thank you for bearing with us we have made it to dicks on burn after noticing mm. Ooh. is that also when you guys came too because i'm yeah. assuming I mean, Sam X has been on screen like a bunch of times, Josh. So I don't know why yeah, you need to true. ask me that, but <laughs> I usually no, try to. Find, which like, time are you asking moment. that I came? Uh, trying to find I, the perfect moment. Famously, in the I can only finish when an uh, IDF woman grabs a fake spy's dick. That's my fetish. So. So, well, yeah, you are yeah. in the right place. I'm picking up what you're throwing down. You are in the right place. Oh, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, r- I wrote down Ari as a dipshit on this one too. So they uh, they tell <laughs> Jake is. that we need to uh, we need to move things along uh, because you know Michael goes to the warehouse. He finds out there's cops in in their pocket. So 
they have to move things along by they tell the IDF guys about it. So Jake goes into the uh, which is funny because uh, Israeli Jordan Peterson's office even kind of has like a Jordan Peterson like classic non modern motif to it with like the fucking like chintzy antiques and shit. Oh yeah, and it, like that I like how thing. the other dude just walks up to like to the building like. Like you could just walk up to an Israeli. You just walk up, get in there, and yeah, no security. He's fine. He just comes in. Hey, hey, guys! uh, There's this guy after me. So he, so he intentionally burns Michael, and says, "Yeah, this guy." I never really thought of that. Yeah, Yeah, he 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 puts a burn notice out on Michael. So Michael uses burn notices to his own advantage. So we get Um, Steve burn notices himself. Yeah, Steve Remington has now been burned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's it it spooks our, our guys. And uh, they start being like, "Oh shit, what the fuck?" So they go on the on on the scramble to try to figure out who's after them, and it uh, sets everything off. Uh, IDF Jordan Peterson can't understand what's going on. It's the dragon of chaos. It is about postmodern uh, cultural Marxism defeating him, and uh, he gets crazy and decides he's gonna just get in a plane and get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Okay. So th- there were two main parts of that that were just mind-boggling to me. The first being that they were like, oh, no, this Steve Remington, the dumbest name in the history. They're like, Steve Remington, who is this man? And then, like, Ari says, oh, you know, he was a normal guy. And then, like, just because Steve Remington exists, they, like, start freaking out, right? And then they get to the warehouse, and all the guns are gone. So, like, so, you know, presumably Michael and Sam stole all the guns. Well, it cuts to (laughs) later, Sam X. fucking tossing a bunch of rifles just into a canal so he's tossing an entire ex Mossad arms dealers uh, arsenal into just some random bay in miami like it's like it's just tuesday afternoon in, in daylight and, yeah you're you know, in broad daylight like okay yeah this is just the thing that happens on tuesday you're walking out there clearly other people are around and you're just dumping ak's and fucking p90s into a Military bay hardware. somewhere yeah, it's yeah. miami it's a canal there's like fucking drunk like 20 somethings riding by in a pontoon boat like right yeah. there presumably like, 100% no... <laughs> like one of the guys i went to high school with is off lobster string like so close to you right there. oh yeah there is like a guy with like at least four salt life stickers on all of his vehicles oh, yeah. that i can like see that in plain view and again you're like apparently strapped for cash like clearly the fbi doesn't care about you working with ira members and you know dealing with ex Mossad agents and shit like just go sell the guns. I don't understand. It's clear they don't give a shit, and you need the money. Like I would like, actually, I would be down for like a side op episode of uh, international arms dealer Sam X, or like an episode with Sam X, just like, or Sam X just trying to sell the guns for booze money. Yeah, <laughs> like just let's just exactly do an episode, it. like one offshoot episode, like the uh, like kind of like the fly episode of Breaking Bad, where it's just like the one uh, Sam X POV. I just it, it's really nonsensical. And also, come on, man. Greta's going to be so sad. You're just dumping all of that toxic shit right into, right into, right the, into the fucking ocean. Well, man. That, that is true, but at least it washes the Palestinian blood from those weapons. Uh, that's true. You know what? Salt water does <laughs> better. I'd rather have them there than in Palestine or at a fence shooting at journalists. Yeah, I guess that's you true. Got so, me there. you know what? Thank you, Sam Axe, for helping free Palestine. Yeah, 100%. Is BDS supporter... Sam yep, Axe. Sam Axe supports BDS. That's now it's now canon. <laughs> it's canon. <laughs> IRA, IDF. What's the difference? 
Well, the IRA, well, the IRA is good. That's the difference. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. I'm sure no one has a problem with that comparison. Yep. Yeah, Chris, Chris has never been part of anything controversial online lately, so it's fine. Yeah, not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I have... I have clear, you know, uh, opinions on this matter. No one's got a problem with those. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of being in the clear, um, our bad guys fucking get away with it. Uh, because what, so here's here's something that's interesting, Chris. In the first couple episodes, Michael like destroys the lives of like the bad guys. Like he gets one guy sent to like a fucking black site. He gets another guy like sent into like massive financial ruin and gets him arrested. Like frames him for some other scheme that he didn't even do. And the last two weeks, he's have been like some of the worst criminals ostensibly. Like last week, they were uh, sex traffickers who were like selling teenage girls to Saudi Arabia. And this week, international arms dealers, presumably like arming terrorists and, you know, colonialist occupiers and fucking they just get off scot-free. Yeah, that's that was what I did not understand. Like, literally, he tells the NPC, he's like, yeah, by the way, uh, they'll probably still kill you. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, if, okay. if, they ever, if they ever remember <laughs> you, you're just dead, which they're well, hopefully they just uh, can I have away. the two hundred dollars that I paid you to create C4 back, please? You, like you didn't yeah, help. He's going to need it to go on the fucking lamb. Yeah. That's why I did not understand that at all. Oh, man, it's great. And but it's okay because uh he says just don't say anything about it, never tell your kids. And Nate Weston, the great advice giver, says, "Hey, it's okay. Secrets are what keep a family strong." Oh my uh, god. With a beard his fucking hand. Nate fucking sucks, man. He's such a piece of shit. Yeah, I did not understand the whole family dynamic with the uh Weston brothers because it's like oh they're a okay, mess yeah they're clearly a mess and he's really mad about whatever this whole car thing is and understandably okay so i guess uh nate is the one who spent like two whole summers putting the car back together and then like the dad just gave it away to michael yeah which yeah that sucks but like you know they're trying to find a will the whole time and then the mom finally tells him in the end like oh yeah by the way uh, i already knew that shit wasn't in there he didn't say shit about the car yeah something about uh mrs west and you'll find is that she's very low-key manipulative and this is just another like another one of mom's manipulations that she was she did that like she played them the whole time and that's it's you kind of see where michael gets his spy craft from his mom's been fucking doing trade craft on them their whole lives was I wrong, or did she have a drink in her hand in every scene she was in? Oh yeah, she fucking rocks it like Julian up in here. Yeah, she that brings or it a home. cigarette. She brings okay. it well, and 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 in the case in that last scene, uh, both. Um, I actually wrote down uh, the the Mrs. Weston <laughs> mojito recipe. Uh, you need fresh li- fresh key limes. You need good Cuban sugar cane and one hundred percent Virginia Slim cigarette ash. <laughs> yeah, ashes oh, too. Gotta by the way, um, you know if you're a spy who's uh, enemies have finally detected where he is. The number one thing you want to do is not only get placed by the government conveniently in the same town that your parents live in, but also specifically live with those family as well. Uh, sh- certainly nothing bad can come of that. Yeah, definitely no. shack up with your IRA ex-girlfriend right. and your semi-retired federal agent friend and visit your mother frequently. That's definitely a great way to uh, to keep a low profile. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Is- um, there is a there, there's a great scene right before the very end where um, Sam brings the the literal burn notice, the actual burn notice. He brings it to uh, the FBI guys and is like, this is what I found at Michael's place. And the FBI guys are like, all right, well, it turns out this is kind of a big deal. So we're going to get the fuck out of here. 
so peace out, Sam X. We're done with you. Uh, they're sending in somebody else, but they won't say who. So that's like our setup for like we're about to get a little more into the the who burned Michael West and stuff. And they're going to bring an even bigger deal federal agent in. And uh, they leave. Sam immediately calls. Like, they're probably still within earshot. And Sam just calls him and goes, hey, Michael, these FBI guys that are surveying you are leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's that blew my mind. Like. So immediately, one, he doesn't know who the new people are, which, I mean, it's maybe implied that it's the woman that he ended up sitting with or possibly he was just a horn dog and decided. Oh, to no, that's it. just the horned up part. So he okay. he oh, calls up sure. Michael. He tells him, hey, they're off you. Someone else is coming. Obviously, Michael knows this because he told Michael or he told Sam where to get the burn notice from, knowing that the FBI guys were going to see it and probably react this way. Right. Like we have to assume that this is Michael's plan. So somebody's coming. We're going to find out who. And as soon as he hangs up, well, first he says, "What do you? there's no bad news here, Michael. They left me. Th- they wanted to get rid of me so bad. They left three 20s on a $10 tab. Yeah, that was so <laughs> stupid. Ooh, so they dropped drinks. 60. So Mike, So uh, Sam's got booze money for the weekend. He's ready to go buy a couple of half pints and dip. go have himself a fucking hell of a weekend. But not before he sees a middle-aged Miami divorcee, his specialty, comes over. And uh, he Veronica is about to get her entire fucking world changed. Just her absolute oh, yeah. everything of everything mm-hmm. is going to change for Veronica. God, they should just have a spinoff for that. Oh yeah, just uh, Veronica's journey of self discovery and like what is It'll life after an experience with Sam Axe. <laughs> yeah, got to show I, I you a very wait. welcome character. Um, yeah. So Michael and uh, Nate uh, flip a coin for Dad's car after they find out about Mom's little scheme. Michael wins the car uh, in a really weak ass coin flip. <laughs> It was a bad looking coin flip. Yeah, it was really bad coin flip. And on top of the car hood. Yeah, yeah. Don't scratch the paint, too. too. Jesus. There's no respect. And uh, so he wins the car. Nate says, You want it fair and square? He gives him a hug. And as soon as he's hugging him, I I immediately typed in, What what did Nate steal? Yeah. Yeah, of course. (laughs) As he's doing the hug, I was like, Okay, what's Nate stealing? He walks off. He's like, Mom's like, Yeah, see, everything's fine. And Michael immediately. Yeah, yeah, he stole my wallet. He's Nate, get back here! He's an enabler, Freeze frame though. and then do 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 funky music. He's such an enabler. Like I swear, I wrote that early on in the episode when he just like acquiesces and is like, "I'll help out," but he's like, "You better get your act together." Like that was hit the line before the stinger for the title, and it was like, first off, that was lame as fuck, and that, like that's the stinger before the title. That's like, gonna be every episode is Nate doing something stupid and Michael being like, oh, "I gotta help you, but you gotta change your ways this time, man." Yeah, Ooh. I had that written down, but I can't remember what I wrote it down for because by the end of the episode, nothing made sense. So that. Not making sense, <laughs> like didn't phase me anymore. But I, I probably wrote it down because it was so stupid. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that is our episode. So we, uh, we, we know we got some bigger it. things coming as related to Michael's Burns next week. We know we have more Nate Weston because it looks like the budding Weston Detective Agency is uh, is about to get going and disrupt the industry. They're going to do oh, some disruptions. Boy. We're excited I can't to wait see for some more of the worst character. Oh yeah, we love Nate Weston here. Ugh. But we did get some good Sam X. So what we like to do at the end, Chris, is we do like to rate the episode out of 10 somethings. Uh, This week, I'm going to say let's rate it out of 10 uh, cake batter plastic explosives. There we Uh, go. Great. So, uh, Chris, would you like to start us off and uh, give us uh, your rating on this episode out of 10 uh, cake batter plastic explosives? Uh, yeah, I'm going to uh, rate it C4 out of 10. Hey! Uh, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> Never let your guests go first. Yeah, cut his mic, please. 
Sorry. I'm sorry. No, yeah, I love I'm really that. sorry that, that four out of ten. Why? Oh, just stepped all over. I'm so sorry. <laughs> C four out of ten. Uh, it was just very. I, I mean, one, I don't appreciate the way that they portray the city that I grew up in. Like, come on, I clearly don't look anything like any of the of the people in that. Yeah, show. Yeah, you're way hotter. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm Sexy. way hotter than everyone in the show. Um, I own at least seven fedoras made out of straw. Yes, Chris um, only wears white linen pants. With uh, I have s- seven friends named Angel. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You you dress in uh, in Tommy Bahama purchased from the Nordstrom Rack. Actually, funny enough, I have been getting into like Hawaiian shirts that I just get from the Goodwill in Daytona Beach. <laughs> Some of them are very fucking cool, man. Yeah, I, have I mean, I grew up around a lot of Italians, so I have a, I had a few myself. Yeah. Sometimes you just get into that while you're in your thirties. You learn a lot in your early. <laughs> it's 30s, a rite of passage. Absolutely. Uh, Josh, you want to rate the episode out of uh, ten plastic explosives? Yeah, ten plastic explosives. I don't have a funny uh, explosive pun. Oh. Uh, I don't have one, unfortunately. I think I'm going to be not much higher than you. I think like five and a half for me, because like I said earlier, it was like pretty boring up until I, I even like messaged you guys. I was like, is he about to cuck this guy's girlfriend? I was like, that's when I was like, oh, my God, this episode is hilarious now. But yeah. everything part of that, too many, too many subplots. It's like you get the will, you have the bug from sam you got the overarching plot of the burn and then also this baddie of the week so i was like there's too much going on it's five and a half for me yeah so uh i think this episode kind of bombed you guys so i'm gonna give it three fake plastic explosives out of ten wow um, real low. yeah it didn't do it for me man like the car- like the, the bad guys sucked the jordan peterson thing was kind of funny but like really not a lot of interesting stuff happened no. it was horny but not horny enough uh, you know, it just, there, there was even like the bad parts of the last episodes were more fun for me. Uh, this one, I just didn't find as much fun, you know, it, it I was, just didn't really have as much of a great time on this episode. True. It was very much the fifth episode of a procedural spy show. That's very much what it is. <laughs> I've got a, um, to it. a second opinion though, from IMDB on this episode specifically. Oh, let's go. I love hearing yeah. reviews on this. This is from movie man underscore Kev. This was written July 18th of 2011. All right, Kev, tell us what's up. It's called Backburner notice, which fun title right there. Oh, wow. Nate gets in trouble and Michael has to bail him out again, this time by helping an airport official get under the thumb of Eli, a retired Mossad, and his family business of illegal arms dealings. Michael goes undercover to achieve his goals. Also, Mike and Nate fight over their dad's car. This episode had some pretty well-acted interesting bad guys, and it was an hour well spent, but at the risk of sounding like a broken record, too self-contained. The burn notice plot is falling by the wayside, and it's a shame as that's the most intriguing aspect of the show. However, Bruce Campbell's Sam character does shine in this episode, so it's all good. There is My like, grade, B minus. Yeah, like literally the, those <laughs> those three fake plastic explosives are l- only because of Union Sam Axe and uh, Calendar Mechanic Fiona. That's like it. Yeah. Them, I, calendar, calendar Mechanic Fiona absolutely did it for me. I'll just be completely real. You could probably do a calendar <laughs> of a lot I, of I can't. I can't fix episode. cars. You can come check my radiator. Please, <laughs> folks, check my radiator. Check please. my radiator, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's probably a good time to get out of here. Chris, what would you like to plug before we take off? Oh, boy. Uh, probably just uh, follow me on Twitter, a.k.a. Crispy, like uh, C-R-I-S-P-Y, or on my Twitch, which is a.k.a. Chris P. So uh, either one of those, feel free to follow me. I do a lot of 
gaming stuff and I tweet threats at people that'll get me banned soon. I'm sure. Um, it's parody, a lot of fun. parody in the video. Allegedly. Games. Yeah, uh, totally. we'll go with that. Oh man! Well, you can find me on Twitter. This is Paul. You can find me on Twitter at Thick Flare TTV. All C's, no K's. You can find me on Twitch at Thick Flare. We're getting the stream back together. We're doing more wrestling again. That's been a lot of fun. Um, definitely keep uh, abridged a, a of more events coming. We're doing all kinds of new stuff. Um, I'll get you links to my Discord if you follow me on Twitter or over on the Twitch. We talk about the episodes. Uh, we talk about the stream. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. Uh, Josh, where can you? they find you and where can they find us? Well, first off, they can find us at Burn Notice Pod on Twitter. That's uh exactly as it sounds and also burn after noticing at gmail.com uh send in your questions i guarantee i will read them on air and hey i fucked up because i was gonna say send in your burning questions hey i like that yeah forgot about that i was like i had that sitting on it and i already fucked it up but you can find me at uh you know twitch.tv slash shake and bakey that's shake n with bake y uh and i'm also the same on twitter that same name. I'm pretty much everywhere as that. You could probably add me on any like gaming service, and I'm probably on that name. Uh, but yeah, I do gaming stuff too. Buzz, buzz, and also a good time to say we are proudly part of the Buzzcast Network. So please check out all of the other wonderful Buzzcast podcasts out there. Uh, there is some great content coming out of Buzzcast. We're super happy to be a part of it. Yes. Uh, so please follow Buzzcast Net for more updates on them as well. Absolutely, Buzzcast, Buzz, Buzz. Thank you guys. Skills so much cattle. for adding us to your wonderful network. And also thank you to Chris P for taking some time out of this record or out of time out of your day, I should say for this record. Yeah. Chris, yeah, I was super excited course. to have you on, man. And I'm uh, glad we did it. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having me guys. We'll have to have you back on for even more confusion, like in season five or something. Yeah, I would, so like I would love to confused. be on the fifth episode of season two. Yeah, when, <laughs> when we get back to, uh, to Exmo sod spies, we'll definitely bring you back. And I know oh. we're going to get to it. Thank you. Thank you so yes. much. I can't wait. <laughs> More Miami expertise. Well, uh, that'll do abreast. it for us here. And as we always like to say here, uh, don't get burned. Don't get burned. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week.